I'm Allie of Hocus Pocus Collector. And I'm Will of Spooky Will. And we are the Black Flame Society. We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you. While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween. So come on in and join the society. On today's episode of the Black Flame Society, we'll be talking about where Hocus Pocus takes place, Salem, Massachusetts. We'll be telling you about the filming locations from the film and give you some history on the actual witch trials that took place there in the late 1600s, along with our weekly HP2 and Halloween news. Hey, Will, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little bit busy, but I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. You're getting ready for your shop update. Everyone go check it out. It's launching <laughs> next weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, actually, someone messaged us, didn't they, and asked about the shop, because apparently I've never shared a link, which I thought I had. But, yes. Um, yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I have a store, a Halloween store here in the UK. I do ship worldwide, not everywhere, but if you wanted something, then I can do it. Um, but yeah, it sells Halloween stuff. I make a lot of my own things, and I have a massive vintage Halloween range coming out next week. And my shop is October31st.co.uk if anybody wanted to check it out. Check it out. I have some of his stuff. He has some great Hocus Pocus stuff in this vintage line. I've seen spoilers, and it's amazing. <laughs> I know we're a spoiler-free podcast, so I won't tell you, but it's great. So definitely check that out. Uh, and I'll, have to sh- I'll share a link on our story so it doesn't look like Will is self-promoting. I am promoting Will, so I will do that later on after this episode comes out. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> so yeah, I'm good. We are back after our week off. We missed everyone, and today we're talking about Salem, the only only place in America you've ever visited. Yeah, there's literally, I haven't been anywhere else, and it was probably the first, if I never went to America again, which obviously I will, it was probably the best trip I've ever taken, <laughs> so it was really cool. You've been there multiple times though, haven't you? Yes, I'm about two and a half hours outside of Salem, though I went for the first time in 2014 and immediately fell in love, um, and I've been back a handful of times, um, and I love to visit. It's just, it feels magical. That's the only way I can describe it. You just feel a special air. Like, it's crazy. It's beautiful. Yeah, there is something about it. There's just a weird, it's well, not a weird atmosphere. It, there is a weird atmosphere, but in a good way. It's kind of like, yes. it's it's just odd. There's just something about it that I love. And uh, this might be a really odd question. I don't know if it was just America in general, because I'd never been there before. But do you think it has a really nice smell? <laughs> like I know that's really weird and we established when we did taste testing that I'm a bit of a sniffer because I do like to smell things but like I found it to have a really like pleasant smell I don't know what it was about it I don't know if that was just America's smell and it was I really liked it but I liked it um so you went in the fall yeah. correct yeah I went in October yeah. so uh fall has a scent here I will give you that like the crispness of the air the leaves especially if the grass was just cut that kind of stuff so um there's definitely an autumn smell but I wouldn't say that's specific to Salem <laughs> I mean I don't know if you were getting like the the candles from the shops and stuff mixed in with that or if someone was pumpkin pumpkin spice around but um no it, it definitely smells great in Salem but I don't think it's different um some of the big cities here don't smell the greatest but um salem does have a it is a pleasant smelling city i think the only way i can describe it is i don't know if it's the same i'm assuming it is in um in america the uh, disney world does that have a smell you know when you walk around the park does it have like a really nice smell not really no it's about the same it smells like hot dogs oh because disneyland paris (laughs) does they pump like a perfume into the air so when you walk around the park it's this and i i've never ever been able to find this scent again but apparently you can buy it in the disney hotels in disneyland paris 
it's this really nice like I don't even know. I can't describe it, but it's such this. It's such a lovely smell. If I go to Disneyland Paris again, I'll just buy us some so you can witness Disneyland Paris. And that's the only way I could describe it. It's like it was on the same level as Disneyland Paris. How it had this really nice smell. Okay. A lot of the Disney resorts do have smells. Um, I know that, and a lot of like the Universal rides, for example, like we've talked about ET on here before. A lot of Etsy stores sell candles that smell like the line to get into ET. So I know what you're talking. And like also in Vegas, they have um, they pump each casino pumps uh, a specific perfume kind of through the air because you can smoke in the casinos oh. there so uh, they try to cover up that smell so each casino has its own scent so I get what I get what you're saying I wouldn't say Salem as a whole has a specific scent other than just autumn but it does smell pleasant yes I love how we've just spent the last like four minutes talking about how Salem smells <laughs> a traditional alley and will banter if you have feelings about how Salem smells please let us know but we're gonna get off that topic yeah. and we're gonna talk about how Hocus Pocus took place in Salem unlike Hocus Pocus 2 that was filmed in Rhode Island there were some reshoots done in New York most of the outdoor shots from Hocus Pocus were filmed in Salem minus the scenes of the master's house which were done in LA but everything else was in Salem. So we'll begin with Pioneer Village, that opening scene with Thackeray and Elijah, of course. Um, That is at 98 West Avenue in Salem. Will and I have both never been to Pioneer Village, is that correct? Yeah, well? we got lost trying to find it as well. And then when, when we did find <laughs> it, I think a tree had fallen down or there'd been a storm a few days before and they basically closed it for safety reasons. But I did go up to the, the gates and kind of peered over with as high as I could and stretched my arm out of my phone to take pictures, but I never went inside. Yes, I feel like their hours, as we said, are limited, but um, definitely check their website for updates on that. Um, I do hope to visit one day. The next filming location is Jacob Bailey High, which is actually Phillips Elementary, and that is right off of the Salem Common. And the Salem Common, there's not a specific address, but um, I would say North Washington Street, no, I'm sorry, North Washington Square, if you're looking GPS style, but it is the center of Salem right across from the very traditional Salem Witch Museum. And right off the right of that is the school they use, Jacob Bailey High. Will, isn't that the first thing you said you saw when you got to Salem for your yeah, trip? Yeah, because uh, we stayed in the, where the Salem Witch Museum is, there's a little inn next door called the Stepping Stone Inn. So we stayed yes. in there because it was the first trip to America and it was October, it's Halloween. Perfect. The first thing we did was we just dropped our bags off and went straight outside. So I did just a walk of the square <laughs> and then we went back to the inn. But yeah, that was the first thing. I loved it. I just, seeing it in person was so amazing. Beautiful. And the Salem Common is where they filmed the Allison and Max scene where she's wearing the red coat. She gives him his number back. So a lot of great stuff there. And then there is the Denison House. We are not going to give you the address for this. You can find it online. It's a private residence. And um, as with any of these filming locations, but especially this one, please be respectful when you visit. Um, as I said, this is a private residence. There were no interior shots done. This was fully exterior. Do not go on their porch. Do not ring their doorbell. And the couple who owns it, the owners are lovely, but please be respectful. Um, in recent year years, Will, I don't know if you know this, they actually started shutting down the street. Oh, no. Only residents can get into that area just because it was becoming a crowding, a safety issue. Um, but it is off the beaten path down by the water. It is beautiful. If you visit, as we said, please be respectful. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know. They started closing off the street because I did actually wonder in terms yes. of how because it gets really busy and I think when we went we were quite lucky we were like the middle of October so we were just before that really busy period and the last day we was in uh, mm -hmm. the last day we was in Salem it started to get really busy and I was wondering that street must be a nightmare so I actually had no idea they close it off it makes sense yes. though 
the police started closing it off. And it does make sense. As we said, the whole area is private residences. And um, I think they try to protect that as much as possible. So um, as I said, I think I originally was one of the people to kind of giving away the location of that house when I posted it in 2014. So again, I apologize. <laughs> but I don't think I, I didn't give the specific address. So it's fine. <laughs> I think we talked about this before as well. Were you surprised by how small it is? It is, yeah. It it does appear larger on screen, especially like the top of the house. Yeah. Um, when Max and Allison are standing in it, looking down right after they've taken Danny, it looks massive, but it is quite small. Yeah, because I didn't realize how close to the water it was as well. Because it's literally it's next to like a mini pebble beach, isn't it? And it's is it like yes. a pebble beach, something like that. But yeah, it's, I was just really surprised by it. But I remember coming around the corner and seeing it after I got lost, and I was just <sighs> like, "There it is!" And I was just standing there for about so half an beautiful. hour, just staring at it, just staring at it. <laughs> Next up is the Ropes Mansion, which is Allison's house. Um, This is actually owned by the Peabody Essex Museum. And there is a beautiful garden in the back that is always open. It is free. You can walk through. I've seen a lot of proposals there. I've seen a lot of marriage ceremonies there. It is a beautiful garden. And the indoors is sometimes open for specific weekends uh, based on the Peabody Essex Museum. As we said, they own it. They choose which weekend it's open and you can go in for a tour. But that is not, again, this was fully exterior shot. The interior does not match Allison's house. So if you expect to see that, you're in the wrong place. Because <laughs> was, it, was it last year that they started um, dressing it like in the film for the first time for Halloween? Yes. And it was... Um, yes. Because I tried to recreate that scene. I think you've seen the picture, but it's just me lying on I concrete. <laughs> yeah, it was last year. They, I know, I'm, I'm assuming they'll probably do it again this year. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, they decorated it. I believe it was just the last weekend, Halloween weekend. They put out the hay bales with the pumpkins and they made it look like Allison's house from the movie, which is really, really awesome. Did you see it or did you, did you not I go? I did not, no. I, uh, I love Salem, but um, I try to avoid it towards the end of October. Uh, to be honest, I try to avoid it most of October. <laughs> it just got so busy that um, I really like visiting September would be ideal um, but I'm sure September is going to start getting busy too so uh, if you do go on those weekends in October just be aware make your reservations in advance for not only hotels but events you want to do things you want to see um, and the next filming location one of my favorites is the old town hall that is the I put a spell on you scene that is at 32 Derby Square center of Salem. And you just walk up, you walk around that corner. If you haven't had this experience, oh, you need to walk around that corner and you see it. And it's just so iconic. It's beautiful. I love it. There's a really good ice cream shop just behind that town hall as well. I went there three times when I was there. <laughs> I, was, I was only in Salem. Yeah, I was three only times. in Salem five days and I went there three times. <laughs> <laughs> Salem has a lot of great restaurants, a lot of great food. So definitely do your research, find what you're looking for, but they have great stuff there. The last main filming location is Old Burial Hill, which is a little outside of Salem. This is the scene where Jay and Ice um, meet up with Max, steal his shoes. This is on Orange Street in Marblehead. So it's about a 20 minute drive or so from Salem, but close enough. We thought we would include it for you if you're making the venture out there. Definitely go check it out. It is a very nice cemetery. It's beautiful and um, it's straight from the movie. So that's the only, I think on the entire list, that's the only location I haven't been to because it was just a bit, a bit out the way. Yes, I will take you by car this time. So you do not have to walk. That would yeah. be a long walk. Well, that's what we're going to do because <laughs> British people walk everywhere. So I was just like, yeah, we'll walk. And then when we got there, we we're like, oh, okay, maybe it's a bit too far to walk. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit far of a walk. <laughs> so apart from Hocus Pocus, Salem is obviously well known for the witch trials that occurred. And they occurred between 1692 to 1693. 
There was more than 200 people who were accused practicing witchcraft and using the devil's magic, and sadly 20 were wrongfully executed. Years later, the colony admitted that the trials were a mistake and compensated families for those convicted. Over 300 years later, most equate the trials with paranoia and injustice. And I, I know it was obviously years ago, it was a different time, but I just find it so crazy that this actually happened, and it was, it just baffles me. It does, and as this is not the first time this had happened, because our notes for this episode go on to say that other trials were held in Europe and in Weathersfield, Connecticut, oddly enough, where you and I live. In Europe, tens of thousands of people, mostly women, were executed. And just as the European craze was winding down, it made its way to the States. It happened in Weathersfield, which is not, most people think the Salem witch trials was the first place this had happened, but it did happen in Weathersfield, and then it happened at Salem. So it's it blows my mind that this actually happened. Because I think a lot of people as well get confused, people who don't really look into the witch trials. And there's a lot of people who think burning happens as well where they were burnt at the stake and it's not true that was like a European thing it never actually happened in Salem it was hangings and unfortunately one guy was crushed as well it all started in January of 1692 it was Reverend Paris's daughter and niece who were both aged 9 and 11 they um, said they were they started having fits where they would scream throw things they would utter sounds and contort their bodies and a local doctor blamed it on the supernatural and Putnam began having similar episodes, and in late February, the three girls placed blame on three women for their condition, Tituba, Sarah Good, and Sarah Osborne. And the three were actually interrogated for several days and put in jail. So after the three of them had that, the paranoia began around town and accusations and charges against others began. So in late May, Governor William Phipps established a special court to hear and decide cases of witchcraft. The first case brought was the case of Bridget Bishop. And now this name is very well known and related to the Salem Witch Trials since she was the first one to experience this. Um, she is famously known for saying, I am as innocent as the child unborn. She was convicted and found guilty, and she was the first person to be hung on June 10th at what is now known as Gallows Hills. Five days later, a respected minister, Cotton Mather, wrote a letter to the court asking them not to consider any more spectral evidence, such as testimony about dreams and visions, because people were saying they saw these things, they saw black clouds, they saw these ghosts, and he said that those should not be considered. Um, the court unfortunately ignored this request and sentenced and hung five people in July five in August, and eight more in September. And Cotton's son, Increase Mather, wrote a letter to the court that year saying, it were better that 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. And I think that quote really sums up a lot about the Salem witch trials, where they just kind of went crazy. They went wild with it for three, four months, where they were just 20 people died, and there was no solid evidence of this. And I, I mean, I understand the hysteria of it all in the, in the wildness, but my brain has trouble putting it together. It is crazy that it, well, it literally is crazy that it happened. And it's, like you just said, like, it's, it's just trying to process what actually happened. And the fact that this escalated to such a level, it's just, it's baffling. So the governor responded yeah. to the mother's statements, in addition to concerns when his own wife had begun to be questioned for witchcraft. On October 29th, he dissolved the special court, prohibited further arrests, and released the accused witches. So in May of 1693, Phipps pardoned all who were in prison for charges of witchcraft. And this here is just... This probably annoys me the most about the whole case, is the fact that it makes me wonder if his wife wasn't accused, 
Yeah. Would it have ended? Would it? Because it, it just it, it bugs me. While this was positive, the everlasting damage had already been done. Though nineteen people were hung in the gallows, and one man, Giles Corey, was pressed to death with heavy stones. He's famously known for saying, "More weight right before his passing." It was more than two hundred fifty years after the trials had concluded that Massachusetts finally had issued a formal apology for the events of sixteen ninety two. Many artists and writers have created pieces inspired by the witch trials. Obviously, Hocus Pocus is one of those, but another, The Crucible by Arthur Miller, which is a very interesting take on it. It's very good. I would definitely recommend checking it out. And in addition to things we recommend checking out while visiting Salem, I personally love the show Cry Innocent, which is put um, put on by History Alive. It's actually done at the old hall that we spoke of, and it is a recreation of Bridget Bishop's trial. It has a lot of involvement from the crowd. You can ask questions of the actors. You get to vote at the end to determine if Bridget should be held for trial. It is very well done, and it's great because you get to see it it's different every time based on the crowd interaction. So that's one of my favorite things to do in Salem to see that recreation. But 250 years after they issue an apology, that just... I can't imagine being one of the families that was involved in this and to have to live through that and to have to wait so many generations to get a, an, an apology. It is really it is really crazy. So obviously the witch trials inspired the overall theme and idea of Hocus Pocus. The very beginning of the movie, the witches are caught and they are hung. There are a lot of differences between the actual witch trials and what happened in Hocus Pocus, but a few of the similarities are the general witch hysteria and the actual hanging. As Will had said, um, most other than Giles Corey were hung, and that is historically accurate, and that just the overall hysteria of witches is there. But differences, I mean, obviously it's a Disney movie and they weren't going to fully portray, as they do in The Crucible or other forms of entertainment, about how it went down. So the accusation um, in Hocus Pocus, they basically run to the house with fire and pitchforks. That was not happening in 1692. They were usually accused in court or in a legal setting. Also, we have to keep in mind here, the Salem folk were not practicing witchcraft. Uh, the Sanderson sisters, on the other hand, were sucking lives out of children. So their accusations at least would have been just unlike, unfortunately, those in Salem in the 1690s. Yeah, and the same with the dates as well. The, um, the timing was also different as well, because in Hocus Pocus, the Sanderson sisters were hanged on the 31st of October 1693 and the Salem witch trials had actually already ended by that point so in terms of historical accuracy it's actually wrong. I feel like they might have done that on purpose and I think you mentioned that once where they didn't want to imply that something like this could have actually happened that way and they might have wanted to show this was after the witch trials this is our Disney style take on it versus this is what would have actually happened if say it had been set in October of 1692 for example. Yeah I think we talked about that on the big science patrick's podcast i think yes yeah, yeah. yes but a uh, fun side fact uh sarah jessica parker has dis- discovered that her ancestor was actually involved in the trials one of her great grandmothers 10 generations back esther elwell of gloucester was arrested for witchcraft a woman named mary had gotten sick and a 17 year old had accused her and two others of visiting mary as a specter choking and squeezing her when she died, the three were arrested for witchcraft based on what the teenager had said. Um, the trials ended before Elwell ever reached court, and she went on to live to be a lovely 82 years old. So while she was not one of the victims, she was definitely involved. And I mean, she was arrested, so she was in the jails. And um, I think we've spoken about it before. I wonder, we had determined that Sarah Jessica didn't find this out till many years later. So it didn't impact her performance in Hocus Pocus 1. But I do wonder, taking that to heart, if it will affect anything, how she 
portrays Sarah in Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good thought actually. Because I wonder because it had it was like years as wasn't it after the first film that she found out and it was more yes. of, it was a re- like a big surprise for her. So yeah, I wonder if it will as well. So today we'd like to honor the victims of the Salem witch trials. While we love Hocus Pocus, we love visiting Salem, it is very important to remember what started this all, accusing innocent people, some of which ended up dying for something that they didn't do based on complete hysteria. So the victims of the Salem witch trials include Bridget Bishop, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Rebecca Nurse, Sarah Wilds, Reverend George Burroughs, Martha Carrier, John Willard, George Jacob Sr. John Proctor, Alice Parker, Mary Parker, Anne Pudito, Wilmot Red, Margaret Scott, Samuel Wardell, Martha Corey, Giles Corey, and Mary Eastie. We recommend that the next time you visit Salem, you visit the Witch Trials Memorial, which is beautifully done and honors all of the victims. It was dedicated in August of 1992 to honor the 300th anniversary of the trials. It is not far from the filming locations that we talked about earlier, and I don't know if you visited, Will, but it feels so solemn when you visit there. There's a little kind of, it's not a bench, you don't sit on it, but it's just like a rock formation that says the name of the victim, the date they died, and how they died. And usually there, people leave flowers, and it's just, it's one spot in Salem where I feel really connected to the history of it. Did you visit? Yeah, yeah. I think we came across it by just accident. We was like taking one of the little uh, streets and stuff and came across it. So we were there for about 20 minutes. I found it really odd as well, because it's so silent. So when you go yes. there, and every, obviously everyone's paying respects anyway, so they are silent when they're walking around and looking. But it just feels like you kind of step away from the, the Salem streets and it, the sound just stops. But it is a really, really beautiful memorial for them all. Even talking about it, like I have goosebumps right now. It just feels like something so outside of where Salem has kind of turned into a touristy town. I, I hate to say it, but a lot of people visit there. I mean, you flew across, you flew from a different country to see it. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, they love the tourists and the tourists brought a lot of great things to the economy and such. So to be able to go and have fun just one street over, but you hop that one street, you walk and it's, it's shaped like a you. It's shaped like a horseshoe. You just kind of walk through. And as Will said, it's nearly silent. And I don't know if it's just your focusing. I don't know if it's actually silent. It's such a strange thing. And it's it's beautiful. So if you haven't been, we definitely recommend you visiting and go please pay your respects to the victims of the 1692 Salem Witch Trials. I do wonder though, this is a question for you. Do you think Salem would be as popular as it is for Halloween if it wasn't Focus Pocus? No, I think that Hocus Pocus brought a lot to it, especially since it's based there. Um, I know it's a general spooky Halloweeny town, but since Hocus Pocus is one of the only films based in Salem, I think a lot of people go to visit those filming locations that we talked about. And I think, especially with its popularity rising over the years, especially the past 10 years, I feel like a lot of people put it on their fall bucket list to go check it out. So I think Hall- uh, I think Hocus Pocus brought a lot to um, people visiting Salem. What about yeah, Do you agree? yeah, I definitely agree. Because although when we booked the trip, the Salem witch trials and the locations like the witch house and so on were on our list, it was Hocus Pocus that made me want to go to Salem. And I feel like if say if Hocus Pocus had been filmed, I don't know, randomly like in London, I, I don't think I would have made that trip all the way to Salem to see the witch trial locations. It just wouldn't have been. It would have been probably a case of if I was in that area in America, I would have gone to visit, but. I do think um, Hocus Pocus has made it a lot more popular. 
think this might be how the Hocus Pocus 2 filming locations are seen since they aren't done in Salem. They were done in Rhode Island mostly. Um, I feel like a lot of people, especially we've talked about, there's really nothing left standing. They, um, The village they created is gone. The Sanderson Witch House is gone. And so there's nothing really to memorialize it to show that it was there. So I think, I don't think you would plan a trip to Rhode Island to go see where it was filmed if there's nothing to really show for that. Where Salem, it's so intertwined and they have tours based off of it now. And in all the shops, there's Hocus Pocus stuff. It really just all brings it together and makes it feel like it's a little Hocus Pocus home. Yeah, I think in a way as well, it's quite sweet in the terms of how popular it makes Salem because I feel like a lot of people do go for the Hocus Pocus experience but also while they're there they then look into the um witch trials like the salem witch museum as well and all that kind of thing so i think in a way it kind of although the film itself doesn't honor it the fact that they they filmed these locations has increased kind of people becoming more aware of that what happened years ago and learning more when they come to visit salem and i think that's one plus about where it was filmed I agree. I think Hocus Pocus gets people in the door and gets people there. But once you get there and you realize kind of the gravity of what happened and you realize that it's not just a fun Disney movie starring some great actresses, it's the history behind it is very dark and very sad. I think a lot of people begin to educate themselves on that, which I think is very important. So something like it doesn't happen again. Yeah, exactly. It also adds like another layer to the town as well, which I really love for the city. So I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to go back with you, actually, and see things with you, because I know you've seen everything already, but I feel like going, like, in my head, I, I, I don't know why you're going to laugh at this, but I just feel, like, I just picture me and you just, like, skipping together down the roads to all these, like, locations, you're like, well, let's go here, you're like, show me stuff I've never seen before and stuff, and I'm really excited to actually see it. That would be exactly it. We'll have to make a lot of videos to share with our listeners of us skipping down. <laughs> I imagine us Essex Street is the main street there. I imagine us skipping down the cobblestone road on Essex Street and everyone just looking at us and us not caring at all because we are in our glory. We are in Salem. And I'm like, Will, look at this. Will, look at this. Will, look over there. It's going to be great. I can't wait to experience it. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. So moving on to our Hocus Pocus 2 news for this week, Hannah Waddingham has been announced as a cast member of Hocus Pocus 2. Her role has not really been defined. It's kind of been left vague. I think they've done that on purpose. But Hannah has done some interviews and some TV shows recently where she was asked about her role. Um, There was an interview in Variety and she was on the Jimmy Kimmel show and The View where she said very similar things in all three platforms, but it was along the lines of blink and you'll miss me. But it is a very important blink. Hmm. So when I saw Hannah Waddingham announced for Hocus Pocus 2, I was like, she's going to have a big role. Like we've said, maybe she's Mother Sanderson. That was our speculation. And I don't think that takes it out as a possibility, but blink and you'll miss me. What are your thoughts, Will? I I don't know. Like, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know who she was before she was announced for Hocus Pocus. And I don't know, like, even if she does have, maybe she is Mother Sanderson, maybe she's got some kind of significant role, but if it's Blink and you'll miss her, it can't be that great. Or it's, I don't know, like, not saying the role's rubbish, I just think the amount of time in the film, (laughs) she can't be maybe substantial enough for, I I don't know, what am I trying to say? It's kind of like, I don't think I will want to see more if her role's so tiny. But then again, I don't know what a role is, so... 
<laughs> we're working on limited information here. But um, she does say it's a very important blank. So that does make me think maybe it's a Mother Sanderson sort of role or I'm not sure. But either way, I'm almost more intrigued now. If it's the short role, what is she going to come in and do? And make such an impact on the film that obviously they have her for a reason. No matter who was to play the role, this secret role is going to be somewhat important. She also said when she was on the Jimmy Kimmel show that she got to sit down, her daughter loves this film. So she got to sit down with Bette, Sarah, and Kathy while they were all in costume dressed as the Sanderson sisters to talk about the role. So like, I can't, that's a dream experience. So she got to live that, which is amazing. But if she's sitting down to talk to them about, I mean, it could have just been meet and greet style, like, hi, I'm Hannah, hi, Maybe they've never met before, but it also could have been, I'm thinking, like a planning session. Like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to interact? And kind of talking about their roles. So, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, now you've played like that, actually. It's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> like before, when she was like, oh, it's just a blinker, or you'll miss it kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay. Like, maybe it's tiny. And she did say it was an important, important blink. But now you've said that, obviously, there must be some, it must be substantial for the fact that she got to deal with Bet Sarah and Kathy. So, We'll have to wait and see. It's not long now until it's out. It's like two months. So yeah, it's going to be about two months when we release this, less than two months when we release this episode. So it is definitely, it's coming and we are going to finally know who Hannah Waddingham's role is. We are going to, don't blink, you'll miss her. Don't blink. That's all I've, that's all I know. That's all I know. Either way, we're very excited to see her in the film. <laughs> for our Halloween news, we have a fun we have a little bit of Halloween news for you. As we get closer and closer to Halloween, more and more is happening. So first off, Code Orange is everywhere almost. A Target dropped their online stuff. Spirit is opening their flagship store this weekend. They're hiring 35,000 seasonal employees across America. So if you want that seasonal job and that discount, this is your time to go get it. <laughs> and Will, you're seeing a bunch of stuff over at your stores. It's just, I went to Home Home Goods. I almost called it Home Sense <laughs> over there. <laughs> I went to Home Goods and there was probably like six to seven aisles just full of Halloween stuff. It was incredible. Yeah, it's going crazy over here. So we've got HomeSense Tico Max, which we've already spoken about before, but the range is getting bigger every single day. We've started to get Ray Dunn, so that whole hype for Ray Dunn has now started to go, everyone's going crazy for that. Um, over here, we've got Next, who started to stock stuff. The range has started to stock stuff. Um, supermarket Asda started to stock Halloween bedding, which I may have ordered. Um, so yeah, it's just going, it's going crazy. <laughs> oh, and then your favourite, Duncan. You've got a date for Duncan, which was sort of the 18th of yes. August or something like that, if I remember rightly. August 17th, it, Duncan yeah. will be dropping their pumpkin line, their their pumpkin cream, cold foam, their pumpkin swirl, all of it. Oh, it's all coming. Pumpkin, peanut butter macchiato, spider donuts coming back. Spider donuts coming in August. I think that's going to be a little later this year, but they're bringing back all of our favorites. So... I feel like once that happens, I feel like my first pumpkin swirl coffee of the year is really like when I say spooky season is yeah. here. Others are acknowledged. It's always spooky season for me, but it, when others publicly acknowledge it, that's when it's legit. Because <laughs> is, it, is it the pumpkin swirl drink that you were telling me about that's really good? Yes. So they have pumpkin yeah. swirl. I actually, if you guys check out my Instagram stories, I recently just bought a giant vat 
of the pumpkin squirrel. I bought it. (laughs) I bought it on eBay. My mom convinced me to buy one and share it with her. So I have my own little stock of pumpkin swirl at home now, uh, which I'm very excited to try. But yes, the pumpkin swirl. It's very different than Starbucks. Starbucks uses like that pumpkin. It's more of like a sauce. Um, It's definitely more kind of authentic-y where Duncan's pumpkin swirl is more just like those fall pumpkin like pumpkin spice seasoning flavors, the cinnamon, the nutmeg, the all. Oh, once you try it, you're going to be looking on eBay to buy yourself a vat to take home with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as I come to America, you'll have to, we'll have to go to Duncan and get one. And then I'll just be like, is there any chance I could buy the syrup to take back to the UK, please? <laughs> I bet, you know, I bet there's one in the airport. That's going to be our first stop. We are going to go to the airport and get you a pumpkin swirl from Duncan. <laughs> There is. That was the first thing when I got off the plane last time. There was a Dunkin' and I I took a picture because I'd never seen like an American Dunkin' and I sent it to like loads of my family. I was like, there's Dunkin' because I was really excited about seeing like an American store. So yes, there is. That's so funny because honestly, I'm going to, when you come visit my hometown, I'm going to take you down our main drag. There is... Off the top of my head, I can think of eight Dunkins on one road. They're like oh, honestly wow. almost on every corner. Some of them have most of them have drive-throughs and they're everywhere. So <laughs> plenty of pumpkin swirls then. Plenty <laughs> of pumpkin swirls, yes. <laughs> In other Halloween news, uh this year the Simpsons, every year they release a Treehouse of Horror episode. And this year they're releasing two instead of their traditional just one. So the first episode is going to follow the regular format that they do for Treehouse of Horrors. But the second is going to be a standalone that's going to be a parody of it with Pennywise played by Krusty the Clown. Ah, (laughs) how cool is that going to be? I'm really looking forward to that. It seems like since Disney have taken over as well with 20th Century Fox, they're really kind of doing all these specials as well now. So I'm actually quite enjoying them because that was the one with Billie Eilish and now we've got this one. Um, So yeah, it's really cool. And I also feel like after the Halloween we've had the past two years like everywhere is like let's make this a good halloween and this is just like this is just another perfect thing to add to october this year yes october 2020 halloween was kind of canceled a lot of places last year a lot of places were still getting back into the swing of things revving up and i think this year a lot of places as you said are kind of just going all out for it so halloween 2022 we hope that we can make up for our lost halloweens and celebrate in all of the pumpkin patches all of the haunted hayrides i am smelling the cinnamon already oh i'm so excited (laughs) i really want to go to when i go to america this time i want to try and go to like a proper maze, like a corn maze, because I've never been I to one. I will take you. <laughs> I, really, I really want, I want the whole, like, American autumn experience where you have, like, your drink and you go to, like, the mazes and stuff and all that. Oh, you want to go to, like, a cute one, you don't want to go to a haunted one. We can go to whatever, I'm happy to do... <laughs> I want to experience whatever you want to throw at me. (laughs) (laughs) Will's going to go to every haunted corn maze now. (laughs) So I'll take you to a nice daytime one where we can sip some hot apple cider, walk through in our scarves and talk about that. And then at night, I'll take you to a spooky hayride (laughs) and you'll get the full experience. What is hot apple cider? Is it just warm apple juice? Hold on. Do you not have apple cider versus apple juice? Our apple cider is alcoholic. So like all of it, yeah, yeah. So you can't go to like the supermarket what? and buy apple cider, and it's I don't know if you can. If you can, I don't. I'm not aware. I mean, to be fair, Ali, you know, are you talking about hard cider? Is that like because so we have we have apple juice yeah. for like children or adults who like it. We have apple cider, which is a different drink, and then we have hard cider, which is alcoholic apple cider. Yeah, we have we just have apple juice, and then. 
your well hard apple cider. So you've never had apple cider. I've had the hard apple cider. Non-alcoholic. <laughs> no, non-alcoholic apple cider. No, it tastes different. Why is it? Because that because it's I've, delicious. Because every time I heard people say like warm apple cider, I was like, oh, it's just warm alcohol. No, 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 no. It's an unfiltered, unsweetened, non-alcoholic beverage made from apples. And I know that sounds like apple juice, but it doesn't taste like apple juice at all. It is so like, the only way I can describe it is imagine you took the perfect apple and smushed it. And that's what you drank. It's like apple juice is like that light yellow color. It's thicker than apple juice, but not like a thick overall consistency. No. Apple cider is like brown versus uh, it's not yellow like apple juice. Because the way I, when you said it's like an apple that you squish, I just pictured like blended apple. Okay, hold on. All right. (laughs) Google helped me. Apple cider is fresh, unfiltered, and often unpasteurized. It's also considered a seasonal drink because it's hard to find outside of the autumn months, while apple juice, on the other hand, is filtered and pasteurized, which gives it a longer shelf life, a sweeter taste, and a smoother texture. So it's more like when I say apple smushed, it's like authentic. It's like you really, you can find it if you look for it off season, but it's also super expensive. But yeah, they sell it right at the grocery store in half gallons and gallons, and you're going to become addicted they (laughs) they have um packs like it's kind of like hot chocolate packs but it's apple cider packs i'll have to send you some it's not as good as the authentic stuff but i want to take you to like an apple orchard and get you apple cider fresh like they squeeze it there they press it there because i always thought that when i like for a long time i thought it was like alcoholic and i was like oh that sounds quite nice a warm apple cider but then, so then I thought it was apple juice. But now you're telling me it's it's not apple juice. <laughs> no, there's this whole other apple ciders. But you can spike apple cider. I have had bourbon or vodka spiked apple cider, also delicious. But different vibe you're going for. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a whole like apple category I was never aware of, and I'm, I'm even more intrigued. Surprise! <laughs> I can't wait for yes, so we will get some warm apple cider for our maze and you're gonna be chugging it while you're here. (laughs) I can't wait. Oh my goodness. And circling back to episode two of our podcast, which this is episode twelve now. This is ten (laughs) episodes ago. We did our merch episode, which is crazy to talk about. But we're gonna do another full episode soon on merch, just because there have been so many awesome things that have come out in updates. But we did just want to let you know that the tarot cards, which you know, the Max Tarot card, if you've been around long enough, you know my feelings about the Max Tarot card. It finally arrived. It is as great as I hoped it was. (laughs) So the Max Tarot card, not the Max, the whole tarot deck, and the 13 days of Halloween countdown are officially shipping and out. Um, if you go to the link tree in our bio, there are links there for all of the products that are currently on Amazon, but these two have shipped. Um, I've gotten them both and they are stunning. The tarot cards is a full 78 card deck and each image, they're just beautiful. Will, I can't wait for you to get these. I'm really like beyond excited. I'm so excited to get these. It was funny the other day, um, you messaged me and was like, oh, the tarot cards are beautiful. There's one I don't want a room for you. And I was like, is it Elijah? <laughs> and it was. <laughs> uh, this is, we we try to be a spoiler-free podcast, but we're going to spoil this one, one for you. There's an Elijah tarot <laughs> card, and I was beyond shocked. I was concerned. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the deck, I honestly, like, I want to get a giant frame and just frame them all. They are that beautiful. They are so good. So definitely go check those out. And also Loungefly just yesterday released um, some of their bags for this season. They have a beautiful Binks purse. They have one of their backpacks with Binks on the bottom and the Sanderson cottage on the top. But obviously, my favorite one is a Danny-inspired one. It looks like her, her shawl, and it says, I shall always be with you. So Loungefly, you got me. Good that job. That was made for you. That was definitely made for you. I had, thank you all for DMing that to me. I have to say I probably got 50 to 60 DMs <laughs> yesterday with screenshots of that. I And please never hesitate to send me anything. I'd rather get it 100 times than zero. So, but I, y'all know, y'all know that's my thing. So I appreciate you all sending that. I'm so excited. So the merch train is beginning. Oh, it's happening. One more thing as well. The coloring book's out now, the first coloring book, because you got yes. that and it's huge. You said oh, it's yes. quite thick, didn't you? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Also in the link tree in our bio is the coloring book. I totally spaced on that because that came last week. Um, it's a hundred pages. It is, again, it's done chronologically from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. All of the important scenes are there. It is just, it's so well done. Um, I got two, one I can color with and one I don't have to, so I can keep forever. <laughs> and I would def- definitely check out that coloring book. And then also, um, it hasn't been released yet, but it is out in August, the illustrated novel has had some of the images released online. I think Barnes & Noble's released around 10 of the images and they look so good. Especially my favourite image um, that they've released is the scene of the Sanderson sisters outside the devil's house with the kids trick-or-treating and it's like a, it looks like yes. a double-page image. But yeah, if anyone wanted to check those out, I think it's Barnes & Noble who's released the images. It's like exclusive images. Those were done by Gris Grimsley, who is absolutely incredible. And I particularly enjoy the comic circle image that was released. And it's just, it's, it's creepy. It's spooky. It's, it's very well done. So we are just beginning the train of Hocus Pocus merchandise for 2022. Um, as we said, we'll keep updating the links in our bio on the link tree. If you want to check out any of these items, um, we've definitely, as things keep coming in, we'll share them on our pages on Spooky Will and Hocus Pocus Collector. And if you have any specific questions about them, always feel free to dm us and we'll help you as much as you can if you need to decide if it's worth it but if we're telling you about it it's probably yeah, worth it definitely <laughs> we're we're a truth-telling podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean Ali were actually saying just before this because um going back to the spirit the flagship opens in two is it two days Yes. Yeah, so by the time this podcast is released, uh, the flagship store in Egg Harbor, New Jersey will be opening, will be opened. It is opening this Saturday, the 30th. And um, yeah, it's spirit will be fully operational by the time you're hearing this and keep um, spirit did put their store locator up on their website. So you can go type in your zip code and see where your closest spirit Halloween will be to you. And they do have some estimated opening dates. Yeah, because we were saying um, we're anticipating maybe more Hocus Pocus product products appearing on the spirit website when the flagship store opens so this time next week when the podcast is actually released we could have heaps more merchandise to talk about we're gonna have to do a part two aren't we like a whole just merchandise episode so i'm looking forward to that actually we might even have to do a part three because there's just going to be a lot this year. Usually Spirit and Disney have released their full lines by now. They haven't. I wonder if there's some secret stuff coming, but either way, it's it's coming. It's on its way and there will be plenty of Hocus Pocus merch to share with all of you. I'm so excited. Those cucumbers better be coming. <laughs> oh, will there be cucumbers? Wait and see. Well, you know what? We're 
gonna leave it right there. Well, <laughs> it was so great hanging out with you this um, week. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I missed yeah. you so much last week. I miss you too. It's so nice to talk to you again. It's so nice. So we hope you all enjoyed this fun episode. Um, I know the beginning was a bit solemn, not usually our type, but we definitely wanted to cover that important Salem history, honor those victims, and just remind everyone where this all started. Um, obviously, we did end up wrapping in some Hocus Pocus stuff because we are the Black Flame Society, but um, please remember the Salem Witch Trials. So on that note, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call. 